Welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's podcast presented by Geico. Switch Geico. See all the ways that you can save. It is Wednesday, December 17th. Four of us here, Fields, Stefania, Liz, and myself. Fields, you and I sort of dressed down wearing a couple of hoodies, and we look like a bunch of homeless men. Next doesn't, you know something, Daniel? It doesn't matter because do, a couple actually. of things. I think you, is it December 17th I, yeah. already? Did I say 17th? That's okay. I, I meant 7th. Sorry, December December 7th. I am way behind my personal flight. shopping. Yeah. I missed my case. flight, guys. Yeah. Second of all, um, I recently told the story, I used this reference on the show about how Larry Bird during a three-point contest legendarily basically turned to the rest of the field and said, who's playing for second after he finished his round? Today is Larry Bird's birthday. Shout out. All-time oh. great. Love him. Legend. Uh, the lefty from French Lick. Just an absolute legend in so many mm. ways. One of the greatest players of all time. Somebody that uh, my parents, you know, I was a little bit, you know, I was born 87. Larry Bird was just sort of winding down the prime of his career. But one of those players that uh, has been passed down generationally in the Yates household. What are you laughing at? Field, I can't I be the only one. Did you... Like I had a VHS tape of a bunch of, and I can't be the only one of a bunch of like basketball all stars that had music behind it, and it was always "Small Town" by John Cougar Mellencamp that played yes. for yeah. all of Larry Bird's highlights. I just want to say because I know someone else out there also Indiana. had that VHS tape as a kid the, and also the Indiana watched it. Connection. Yeah, well, what I was, and I, this was a long-winded way of basically saying that like it didn't. You and I could have showed up in tuxedos today, it right? Matter. And Liz and <laughs> Stefania would look better. So it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Our class every yeah. day. Flattery that's really will get you everywhere. Liz, you're here for one more day before you head back to Los Angeles, so we're really excited. Excited to be able to hang out with you here in studio. Are we sure we're going to let her leave? I, yeah, I don't I think mean, we should. I kind of like having yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's like been really nice this here. time. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say, like, I know we're going to get to the show, but uh, I'm on month four, almost month four of my employment, and all of you. Behind, in front of the camera and behind, uh, have made my welcome so warm. You've made it so lovely. So I just want to thank all of you for being Aww. so wonderful. Please. If Mike Claire were here, you couldn't have said that. Yes. So it's good. But he's he was, not. Yes, that's why I did this yeah. show today. Yeah. yeah, we got so much to be able to talk about today. To be able to enjoy what is our last show with Liz here in person before okay. we go back to our normal crew. Yeah. That's all right. We're gonna have fun with the field. We're gonna live in the moment. We got news. We got a bunch of miscellaneous fantasy topics. That we're gonna talk about. We're gonna look ahead to the playoffs. So let's start, Stefania, as we always do, talking about an update on some injuries. Lamar Jackson, we have an update on him, right? Yeah, a PCL sprain. So we knew he had a knee sprain, and we yep. knew there was a question that he might miss some time. We talked about how vague John Harbaugh was in, in saying whether it would be, you know, he could be back this week, it could be later, it could be week to week. Um, Adam Schefter reporting that it officially it is a PCL sprain posterior cruciate and giving a time frame that is average of one to three weeks. So it suggests more than a grade one, kind of a grade two injury. And I think you have to look at contextually what happens with other skill position players who have this kind of injury. And it's important because the context is Lamar Jackson's such a mobile quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if you have enough of a ligament injury that you're left with some instability there that can compromise your ability to run Zach Wilson last year had a PCL sprain a grade two he missed four games okay so I'm not saying they're the same person but just to give you an idea because that's really the only other quarterback recently I can think of who had an isolated PCL injury so can I ask really quick about that yeah. because I, I understand you're definitely not saying that two people are the same like we can't take Zach's timeline into account with Lamar but Zach doesn't run the football at all the way that Lamar does and so the way that no, you but describe he scrambles this. and he has to move like it's I'm talking about anything where you if you're not a, a tree in the pocket and you have to move around and scramble gotcha. it presents a problem what happens when you have a PCL injury if it's significant enough is sometimes it feels like your lower leg bone shifting on your upper one like you're it, it kind of a instability it, it, there's no other way to describe it so if you look at Zeke who had the injury last year and played through it didn't miss any time but one of the things he talked about he couldn't really get off the line because he had no power behind it because he would feel like his knee was slipping we saw it with Dalton Schultz earlier this year when he tried to come back mm -hmm. after a mild PCL and then he had to go out again yeah. because it was probably and so for me, if you look at for fantasy purposes, here we are. We don't know whether it's one week or three. I don't, he's not going to play this week. I, I'm yeah. like 90% sure. But if he comes back and let's say he, it's the three weeks, can you trust him immediately to be the productive Lamar Jackson that you want to see with your legs in your championship game. And that's going to be the question that you're going to be, we're going to be asking at that point in time well, when he returns. But the version of Lamar you're looking for 
is not the one you've seen that since we've been week four. Yeah. I do, yeah, I, True. I yeah, I'm so saying, you're hoping for it might even be yeah, worse like than that. Yeah, and like, the thing is that Lamar has been banged up all year, and I think it's been under the radar. I've I've talked about it before. Hip, quad, all these things that he plays through. He is not a guy who sits out due to injury, and you know he's going to try and get back. And there yeah. is a brace you can wear that helps control for hyperextension. But the problem is he won't be able to run the same. And if he gets hit again yeah. or lands again on it, that might be him out of the game. I have a question just to, to put out there. Maybe Field, I think you might be the person with the most knowledge, frankly. Ooh, could, first time that's ever been said. Yeah. But, but this is We're at a point in the season, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, where like real-life football starts to influence your fantasy decisions. And obviously, Lamar's contract yeah. is the big white elephant in the room about this injury and will there then be more motivation to return faster or protect yourself there yeah i don't know I, you know like, Liz, i think there's such a compelling case both ways and yeah. by the way trying to decide what lamar will do in his contract negotiation is a total mystery right. i mean no quarterback other than kirk cousins over the past and Dak Prescott over the past 10 years has played this out like Lamar Jackson does. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and all these guys who signed massive extensions did so pretty much as soon as they were eligible to sign those extensions. So I don't know that I can precisely forecast right. whether Lamar is more motivated to return to continue to up the price tag or if he's going to say, I need to be protective. My, so what that leads me to believe is sort of just like right, right. down the middle, like a, yeah. he'll be back when he is healthy, the complicating factor is that Stefania just outlined the health concerns. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fact that while Lamar is quarterback six on the season in terms of total points, 43% of his points came in weeks one, two, and three. 43 in his first three games. And then in the following eight games, call it seven plus because he got hurt early in this last one, the remaining 57% of his points. So I think what this leads us to is, do you have to go out and add another quarterback for the next three weeks? Yes, you are going to do that. The question I am wondering, as somebody who is navigating a tightrope of a quarterback situation in a particular league with Tom Brady, who's got back-to-back -back bad matchups on the horizon here, is... Are you going with the, here's the guy that I can pick up for the next three weeks and just play him until Lamar returns? Or is it streaming season? And I think it is streaming season because there are enough quarterbacks that have good matchups over the next few weeks hmm. that have been hot or can get hot. That to me might be the way to go. I think Brett Huntley is a fine serviceable Tyler. ad. I say, I said, Brett, I'm sorry, hmm. Tyler, the starter, Brett is the backup now <laughs> um, in, in, in Baltimore. They have, a last name that has the same except for one letter. Yeah, In any event, um, I think this could be a situation where I think streaming might be the way to go right now. Because while I think I do think Tyler Huntley, I have him as like quarterback 15 this week, mm -hmm. I have streaming options ahead of him. Yeah. Forecasting next week, I think I'll have some streaming options ahead of him. When I say streaming, I mean guys that are probably available in 60 to 70% of leagues at minimum right now on ESPN. So fascinating tightrope to have to walk. Normally, I don't like... It's hard to say to stream your quarterback all season. There's just so many variables, and you're yeah. competing against others on the waiver wire. Now, the playoffs, it's a reduced field. Probably other teams in the playoffs aren't worrying about a quarterback. Might be streaming season. Let me say this, Field, and this, I know we got to move on, but if it becomes... No, we, we do whatever you want. If it's, it's streaming show. season yeah. for the championship... Yeah. Do you have to start thinking maybe two weeks ahead so that you don't get blocked by thousand the people oh. ahead of you? One thousand yes. percent. Do it right yes. now. Yeah. Because do it now. As as unfavorable as a matchup as Mike White might have this week. Yep. Talk about this more later. Look ahead it might be better in future weeks. Yeah. As an example. Yep. Totally with you on that. All right. Cool. Hey. Look at Matter that. Of fact, I'm gonna go. Yeah, well, well, well Stefania <laughs> just just so Jimmy G. I and then for, I put in for quarterbacks all over the place. I also just got a hilarious email that I will share with you guys when we have a moment here. But just like I am such a moron, and I can't wait to tell you guys all about. it. I love okay. it. All right, let's talk. But about you guys it. already knew, but <laughs> Stefania, we get uh, another update on Jimmy Garoppolo for those that get my waiver need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's important because of what we talked about with the nature of the injury okay. yesterday for yep. Jimmy G, and then Adam Schefter came out with a, uh, a report yesterday that um, after consultation with multiple specialists, Jimmy Garoppolo will not need surgery for his foot injury, which is great because anytime you don't have to do something surgically, you, you don't have to cut into the body. That's the always that better. Yeah. Um, and part of that report was that it was not a Liz Frank injury and that he has a chance to return in seven to eight weeks, which for fantasy purposes obviously does not matter, but it does matter in real football purposes, potentially for the 49ers, if they were to theoretically get deep, deep into the playoffs with Brock Purdy. But the part I wanted to address was the semantics of the not a Liz Frank injury, because I think 
we throw the term around so much and people assume that a Liz Frank is one thing. And it's really actually a spectrum of injuries to the middle of the foot. And you can have a very mild Liz Frank injury and you can have something very severe. And when you talk about an injury to the Liz Frank complex, it's actually a joint region in the middle of the foot, its bones, its ligaments. If you go back to the wording Kyle Shanahan used where he talked about Jimmy G broke several things, you know, in there, he broke either multiple bones or he had a bone that broke in multiple places. But the news that he does not need surgery means two things. It means, number one, that the bones were in good enough alignment that it doesn't require going in surgically to realign them so that they heal properly. And it also means that there wasn't a significant enough soft tissue injury, a significant enough ligament disruption to destabilize the foot where they'd need to go in and put hardware in. That matters because it will heal faster. In other words, no surgery, so you don't have to worry about wound healing. The fractures typically heal in about six weeks, and then it's just the reconditioning and getting back to football. Seven to eight weeks, still tight, but potentially doable. But typical, kind of the classic Liz Frank, when you think about like a Travis Etienne, whose season was derailed because of that, his rookie season, that's something where they had no choice but to go in surgically to fix it based on the nature of the injury. So I just want people to hear when they hear that, like, oh, it's not that. So it, it, like it's not completely anything because you can have a foot fracture that's a Jones fracture. We talk about those all the time. They're very simple. They, they uh, you know, very simple, little tiny screw done. But this is a complicated injury no matter how you slice it. He ended up on the good side of it. And as a 49er fan yeah you might know you might be aware i am one um it becomes interesting because if we get that far a it means brock purdy's playing really well yeah and so maybe there's not a need for jimmy g to come back in and save the day at the nfc championship or potentially the super bowl but it'd be really nice to know that he was available if they got that hopefully 49ers fans will get jimmy g back we will talk about the fantasy value of some of the 49ers here with brock purdy under center a little bit later on in the show but all that is really good to know stefania and hopefully you guys make a run that deep so that you can see jimmy g back on the field gonna have to get through the lions but it is no big deal no big deal all right let's talk about one more guy at the quarterback position because baker mayfield signed with the los angeles rams field yates yeah claimed off of waivers Uh, i'll toss this one to liz you call la home I do. What do you think about this one here, Liz? I mean, there's no fantasy. Is he going to play Thursday night? night? Is this happening? Like, nothing would surprise me for tomorrow night. Well, John Walford is hurt. He's He's hurt. Yeah, he could be active. Baker could be active. I know. They did send, didn't they send him the playbook, like, study it on the plane? Yeah, and this is, like, the Rams aren't doing this to salvage their season, right? Like, they're three and nine. They're out of this. Right, right. They're doing this. This is, this is. What's the uh, the Pete Carroll mantra, like always compete, right? Yeah. Like you want to have a reputable product on the field for the last four or five weeks of the season. Maybe you come in and you realize that while Matthew Stafford's our guy, it's nice to have a player that we have some familiarity with that could be a backup. By the way, our current quarterback is dealing with major health issues. What if those percolate into the offseason or he has questions about his future? It's like an advanced scout on Baker Mayfield. And if he plays okay down the stretch for you and end up signing a quarterback contract, quarterbacks don't sign for a million bucks. Backup quarterbacks get like $6 million. That might be enough for the Rams, who are bereft of picks, to get a comp pick in 2024. Yeah, so I thought it was like a, right. a, a logical football move. I don't think there's any fantasy value. No. Do you? Okay. No, I don't think there's, there's no receivers. Him, no nothing to do. Yeah. There's nobody, there's no talent on this offense for him to be able to even, like if he couldn't do it with any of the other teams he had, why do we think that he would be able to do it with the Rams? Well, and if you're looking at the trajectory of Baker Mayfield's career, I think he is now in the career backup portion of his career. Maybe. And Bryce, uh, Bryce Perkins was undrafted in 2020 out of Virginia. So there's not like there's a bunch of capital in yeah. Perkins. We'll see how no, this is a good spot for Baker. Yes. He needs a certain kind of culture, leadership, accountability, offensive play caller with him. And he's in the right spot in L.A. All right. Let's move along and talk about some miscellaneous fantasy that we have here. We're going to dump out the bucket on some ideas that we have. And what the heck is up with Mark Andrews? Let's just start there. Yeah, I'll start there, Daniel. And if you're sitting there saying to yourself, what happened to Mark Andrews when he was absolutely mashing at the beginning of the season? And those that thought that they should draft him over Travis Kelsey were the smart ones. Well, Travis Kelsey, always Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I said that recently on Twitter, always Travis Kelsey. And a couple people caught back, except for last year. I'm like, he was. 
93 catches, 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns, and you're disappointed? And that's, yeah, come on now. Good Lord. Jeez, come on people, now. like, check yourself. But, yes, uh, it's been a little bit of a slog of late for Mark Andrews. It's hard to figure out exactly why, other than the fact that this Baltimore offense has not exactly been lighting anybody's world on fire, especially opposing defenses. I will say this. I was, as I think people listen to this podcast know, very much in the Travis Kelsey, clearly number one. Mark Andrews, love you, but you're number two this year. Mike and I had a spirited debate about it going into the preseason. And one of the things that I pointed out was that if you look back to last year, while Travis, uh, while Mark Andrews had some massive games with uh, Lamar Jackson, he got really, really hot over a prolonged period of time down the stretch when we saw a bunch of Brett Hundley. Specifically, in the four games that Huntley started last season, I have to be clear, I have to be very... Huntley. 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 Huntley yeah. Mm-hmm. Huntley. Um, I, I just called him Brett again, by the way. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> I'm going to call him Snoop. His, his uh, Twitter handle is Snoop. Snoop. That's easier. Snoop. All right. Let's do it. I, I apologize to Tyler. Um, in the four games with Snoop Huntley last season, Mark Andrews, 32 catches, 435 yards, four touchdowns in those games. He absolutely smashed last year. Now, part of that might be because there were so many injuries to Baltimore on defense that they were playing more shootout type games. But there's nothing you can do about Mark Andrews. You have to keep playing him because despite the fact that he's been bad, he's still been like a lock it in number three tight end or top three tight end every week in our rankings. But don't be totally scared off by the fact that it's not Lamar Jackson and instead Snoop Huntley under center. Totally with you. And there is zero chance that we would be replacing Mark Andrews in our lineup. Zero. I mean, not to mention what's left at the tight end. It's That's a great question. Bad. Let's talk about some tight end flyers. Then, yes, Stephania. I know. Funny how we're leading right into yeah, a guy that I other, brought right? up, which yeah. is Evan Ingram. And part of this is you got six teams on by this week. Tight end has been a wasteland. You've got another loss of a tight end who's been fairly consistent in Hayden Hurst because mm-hmm. he has calf injury. Don't think he's going to play. Evan Ingram is quietly putting up Semi-consistent numbers. He's not finding the end zone a lot. Only two touchdowns on the year. But last week, second in receptions for the team, second only to Christian Kirk. Um, He has uh, multiple catches in six of the last eight games. So I feel like as you could do worse as a streaming option. They face Tennessee this week. What? This is where we've reached with tight ends. Yeah. Oh, no. no, Multiple catches in six six of eight eight games. Right. Think about but that. I know. That's the threshold we have to clear. That is the threshold you have to clear because look at what you're competing no, against. Oh, I'm, I'm that's actually, I'm that's actually good. Situation. But right. I, I have a league where I literally have lost three tight ends. Yeah. Okay. And I was looking at who to plug in. Yeah. And most of them are just running routes sometimes yeah. and never have a catch. Oh, that's no. what's available. I'm, trust- oh, I'm like, not laughing at you. I'm terrible. laughing at the tight ends. I'm no, like, I know. Guys, that's like- why I have to get excited yeah. about Evan Ingram. At least Trevor Lawrence likes him. And at least he, you know, he has a chance. I think this is an interesting stat. Evan Ingram has seven deep targets on the season. Seven deep targets. That's tight end six. Wow. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you can read that stat as like, he's tight end six in deep you know catches. What? But I, then I you have say a rule. seven. Non-PPR leagues that don't allow tight ends to actually observe PPR formats should mm. be illegal. Oh, 100. I play in a non-PPR league, and it's a keeper league, salary cap league, so there are a couple of teams that do have multiple of the good tight ends. I am. I have Kyle Pitts, who... Yeah. He's well, been terrible, okay, obviously, yeah. but, but still, but, like, right. you know, he was a, you no know, a one warm body. No one would for right? having yeah. Kyle Pitts. And he's on a good contract. We'll see what things look like next year. I'm, like, week to week, like, oh, my God, who should I pick? Who should I pick up? And I'm like, right. if I can get... Four points out right. of my tight end. That's where we I are. will do a backflip, which I can't do, but I will try to do a backflip. But that's where we are. Four is that, points. But those four points could be the difference as somebody who oh, lost man. a matchup this week by 0. 0.24. Yeah. I, I know. So yeah. I know. Non-PPR yeah. with tight ends, illegal. It should be non-PPR for running backs is fine. Even wide receivers, quarterbacks, I'm cool with that. Tight ends, they should always allow be allowed to get a point And I think reception. at this point, because they're so bad, you have to stream amongst the bad options because as I talk about Evan Ingram and I'm fine with him against Tennessee, the following week they played Dallas. Yep. Don't love that. Don't love that. You know, Jets after that. Yeah. Yeah, Tough. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Look, I'm trying to help you out no, in a, I know in a you very, are, very yeah, I know. bad spot. Yeah. I you think know, we all are going to have take. one tight end rule going into next year, and it's Travis Kelsey always. Like always. That's the only rule always. that yeah. they have for tight ends Is he going to be year. the 1.01 because there's going to be yes, nobody else yeah, in the exactly. position? <laughs> yes. Someone tried to trade for me in a, a dynasty league yesterday, and my Travis Kelsey, and they were like, they wanted, they wanted to like push their chips on the table, and they wanted to get younger. And I'm like, the problem is like, He's my best player going yeah. into next year. Right. I don't care if he's going to be 34. Oh. Like, let's not talk dynasty. Yeah, let's, but I'm saying but he might. You know, I mean, who knows? Obviously, at who some knows? point the cliff will come for every athlete, right? Yep. But like Travis Kelsey going into the next season, I expect to be an extra, like maybe the one of the three most valuable players in all fantasy. I agree with that. All right, let's talk one more player here. Uh, not one more, but let's talk another player here. DeAndre Swift. We talked about him really quickly. Hold, oh, we, we skipped over uh, the couple things out here. Let me get, let me get yeah, one well, I, thought oh, gosh, maybe, I thought maybe it was because of time, because no, I spent no, no, a lot no, of time on Evan Ingram, and one. I really didn't talk about Noah Fant. And Noah Fant, really, that, that he got my attention because I have him in a couple leagues. Yeah. And he is, we talked about when he was in Denver, we were like, talented athlete, but the system's not working for him. And then we thought, well, this is terrible, and he's going to Seattle. Well, guess who has more productivity lately than any tight end at Denver? Yeah. It's Noah Fant. So he's widely available. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and make the whole case again, because it's basically everything I said for Evan Ingram. He was just another name on my list because he's so widely available. Yeah. You may not realize that lately he has been sought out by Geno Smith. So uh, tight end six on a per game basis since week nine, 10.4 points per game. So, yeah. I, and again, we are looking at these players with at. like, this is what you're dealing with. Right. And I'll tie a last one in here and it kind of the quarterback involved as well too. If you're feeling extremely frisky or, you're in a situation where you have like such limited options and you're just scouring the names on the waiver wire and you're like, okay, well, don't love that, don't love that, don't love that. A couple of names to keep in mind. Same team, Monday Night Football, if you're needing a miracle, if you're feeling frisky, Mac Jones to Hunter Henry love connection. Yeah, and here's it. Now, Daily Fantasy, I think this is an obvious, you know, potential play here, but let's talk about Hunter Henry first, just to put a bow on the tight end conversation. By far the worst team at defending opposing tight ends. The Arizona Cardinals, 19.7 fantasy points per game allowed over the past two weeks. Hunter Henry has five targets in each game. Two weeks ago, in a comparably chalky matchup for the Patriots, Hunter Henry had 15.3 fantasy points against the Minnesota Vikings. And it really should have been 22 fantasy points because the NFL doesn't know what a catch versus a non-catch was. That was that was weird. We it was a, it was a, it was Thursday of Thanksgiving. We see like yeah. that was I have no idea. Like no one knows what a catch is. Anyways. It could have easily been a 22-point game for Hunter Henry. I think Monday night, Hunter Henry could have another another nice night. Mac Jones could have a nice night as well. As the Cardinals are allowed, allowed 24 passing touchdowns this season, tied with uh, Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Oh, sorry, Kansas City and Pittsburgh for the most. And again, two weeks ago against the Vikings, a matchup that felt very chalky for the Patriots. Mac Jones had 382 passing yards. Arizona, number two, uh, second worst pass defense in the NFL. A lot of passing touchdowns allowed as well. I'm just saying, if you're feeling frisky or you're in a really deep league and you need a name, two names, a particular connection to keep in mind. This goes back to the streaming idea. So you're streaming bottom of the barrel because you don't have a tight end. Pick up Hunter Henry for this week against Arizona. Maybe look at Noah Fant when they're playing the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, look look yeah. at where these tight ends are playing and the yeah. teams that are terrible defending <laughs> against the tight ends. And you might be able to eke out a few points at the position, even if you've been otherwise, you know. I love that call. Disappointed. Field. I just, I, I, I'm only going to add this stat because I've gotten questions about it. His usage, obviously, really frustrating with Jonu Smith, theoretically back to health, right? Yep. But I looked it up, Hunter Henry running twice as many routes and seeing nearly twice as many snaps as Smith. So the favorite to win the matchup, which is obviously prime. Yeah. I think it's a great foreshadowing. You might hear about it in FF now this morning, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Sunday. We'll see whether they do yeah. this or not, but they've had 10 days to, to think about what was a disgusting offensive performance on Thursday night. Oh football. man. Yeah. If they don't look in the yeah. mirror and say, okay, who are our best players on offense? Okay. Mac Jones and Hunter Henry amongst them. Get them involved more. Ain't that yeah. hard. Yep. Speaking of getting their best players involved, now we can talk about Dangerous. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry to skip ahead. Bit, right? I apologize. I know, you got excited. Don't well, blame you. It's just because I feel like we have been ranking Jamal Williams and DeAndre, DeAndre Swift backwards from the way that I feel like I'm going to start doing it going forward. Jamal Williams has been the guy in part because DeAndre Swift has still been banged up, Stefania, in spite of being able to play and practice every single week. He's always been on the injury report and it just seemed obvious that he was not fully healthy. This last week was his first week where he was not on the injury report. 18 touches. The other five games back from injury, 
he was under eight touches per game. That you know, was his average. You know what I want to see? The first injury report of the week. Because I just want to see how, how was that? It was such an uptick in utilization. Yeah. I hope it went well. He certainly was more productive. Let's see, let's see how this week looks. If DeAndre Swift stays off the injury report, he is easily a must-start running back going forward, again, with the way that the running back situation is at. And I will start ranking DeAndre Swift ahead of Jamal Williams now, which is the opposite of the way that it has been for us the last couple of weeks. I kind of want to protect you from yourself here, Daniel. Go ahead. When you say going forward, yes, I think maybe it's best to reframe it for week 14. For week 14. Because he could have 12 snaps on Sunday, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, and so this is where I want to, if they only give him 12 snaps and he's fully healthy. You have no idea. It's like, who then, knows? Right? Yes. Then it's, a, then it's a different conversation. But the way that it feels like to me, yeah. they're getting him back involved. They we're waiting for him to get more healthy. Hopefully for they utilize him more. This week, this is one of the, the hardest parts about preseason fantasy analysis. And so we're prescribing analysis over an 18-week period. Things change week to week often in the NFL. So there are certain guys that over the course of the season have very stable value. There are a lot more that are volatile. And so I, too, am ranking DeAndre Swift as a top 15 running back this week. But if you don't think I'm a little bit nervous about the possibility of DeAndre Swift playing like 25 snaps on Sunday and Jamal Williams having three touchdowns and DeAndre Swift having none, you are mistaken because I am nervous about that. I think I, I don't think that I am not nervous as well. And I think that that is, that was a weird <laughs> How many negatives that. did yeah. you just you use? You know what? Someone is, <laughs> like, I, I don't not think that I'm not nervous. My optimism. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> These brainiacs went to, the, went to Ivy League school. No they deal. can understand. No <laughs> triple negatives. We're just sitting here. We talked about um, Jimmy, Jimmy G, obviously, earlier on in the show and what it's going to mean with Brock Purdy under center. We didn't really talk about what it will mean for the rest of the skill position players in that 49ers offense. So yes, I have many thoughts. Let's dive into that a little <laughs> Go bit for here. Yeah. Well, listen, um, if you, based on the limited performance we saw from Brock Purdy, I don't think the offense changes that much, to be honest. Um, number one thing, takeaways to, uh, we talked about this, um, CMC is clearly going to be, they're going to lean on him. They're going to roll with him. He is use in the passing game has been maybe more than what I expected and a little bit less use in the ground game than what I expected, but that's how it's working out for them. Um, Playing great. What? Playing great. Yeah. Yeah. And he may not, but he may not get you a ton of rushing yards, but you really don't care Um, because he's getting the yards after the catch and the short throws in the middle is going to be what Brock Purdy is going to do a lot of, or certainly seemed to do a lot of, uh, didn't really push the ball down the field a ton, although you know, Kyle Shanahan says he likes the fact that he can, so maybe we're going to see more of that later. But I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a safety outlet for him. So you are Christian McCaffrey is going to be just as good as as what you hope for. Yeah, two uh, RB one weeks since being traded. Two RB one weeks. <laughs> it's all he needed. And, and I will say this: like, hate it for Elijah Mitchell, but Elijah Mitchell not being there is such a massive boon for CMC's value because they played two games together, and Elijah Mitchell had like. 30 carries and got some yeah. valuable opportunities yeah. in the red zone. Yep. I hate it for Elijah Mitchell, but for fantasy purposes, CMC by himself, crazy value. As long as, yeah. And so let's keep that maintenance going for CMC. And, uh, yeah. you know, I and think that, I think, I, th- I think the, yeah. uh, right? mm-hmm. I think the plan is totally. going to be like rest him early in the week, save him up for the weekend. Debo, who came into the game, questionable because of the thigh contusion, I thought didn't look quite like, like he, he struggled a little bit, but he ran better and played better than what they were thinking he was going to be able to do as of Thursday. I think another week and Debo's healthier. So I Debo's going to still be Debo in this offense. I, I think you're going to see the same thing. I have a question about that. Do you think now that Debo's healthier and Elijah Mitchell is missing from the backfield, um, Samuel will see more backfield snaps, that that will increase? That his not so many last week was a result of him not being 100% healthy? Yeah, I think, you know, I think they wanted to change the game and give him to allow him to be a little more of a receiver. I think if they had the Elijah Mitchell and the Christian McCaffrey, you might see Debo utilized more in the way Field really wants him to be utilized as a pure receiver. But if you saw what they did last week and running reverses, like they're going to still utilize him that way because that's going to be their best effort at throwing off defenses and it's going to allow Purdy to do different things. I think the one that we wonder about the most is Brandon Ayuk. And that was like my biggest question is what's going to happen with him. But I think that you, you may see roughly the same number of targets and kind of the similar utilization, um, maybe a drop in the deeper throws because of what we just talked about, you know, and that it's going to be how much can they protect him? How quickly is Brock Purdy get rid of the ball? If you watch the game as closely as, you know, obsessed fans like I did, you saw Purdy starting to make adjustments pretty quickly. And he even said later, like, 
he, you know, he's played a lot of college ball, like as opposed to the young quarterback that they were starting at the start of the season, you know, he's played a lot of games. And I think he said, yeah, he had to get used to the speed. Like guys were coming at him super fast, but he made those adjustments. I think another week and he starts to. So I think Ayuk, seven or more targets in three or four games since the week nine by five or more catches in six of his past seven games. I think he's going to still be very useful. So people shouldn't abandon him all of a sudden. I think George Kittle is the biggest risk here because he's just not going to be utilized as much of a receiver. And unfortunately for those that have George Kittle, there's nowhere to turn Yep, because he plays tight end. But I'm with you. It's who knows? He had two catches this past. And he came on strong at the end of last season. So, you know, there's always the game that you could have, have a but, boom games. but it's going to, it's going to, you could have under couple. five fantasy points for him. Top two in snap share, tight end 11 in routes run per game. Wow. Yeah. They're Not you, ideal. They need him for protection. Not ideal. All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys backfield. Why? Because they're taking on the Houston Texans. I want to talk about Dak Prescott a little bit later on the show. So we'll just make this be about the running backs. But how is it that you are breaking down the running backs against the Texans here? And what is an awesome matchup? You probably should play both of them. Yep. I don't know who brought this topic up. I think it was Liz. So was that Liz or Stefania? No, it was they are both going to be. They're both top Liz, 15 plays. Yes. That's, that's, that's it. it. They're both going <laughs> to be fantastic. Yeah. 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 Right. The, Dallas loves to run the ball. I believe that uh, both running backs are top six in run rate on the season. Um, it's a really balanced offense and the matchup is great. Do not worry about Zeke's. You don't have to worry about Zeke's inefficiency in this one. Maybe that's the way to. Frame I think it. there's a little kumbaya going on in Dallas. They had, you know, Zeke kind of came to terms with the fact that Pollard's the younger, more explosive guy. Pollard gets the start, but Zeke's still heavily utilized in that gets situation. The goal line, and, and they're all like, everybody's happy. Yeah. I hope that everybody is happy. And I think you're right. Like, there's no way if I have either Zeke or T- Tony Pollard that not I'm not starting no. both of them this week against the Houston Texans. No, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, who knows? We'll see. But like, this, the, the weird one is like, this could be a game where Dak just watches everybody else score on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have, they could, the defense could score. Oh, the running the backs could score. score a lot. It could be 35 to three at halftime. Who knows, right? I mean, the, the Cowboys yep. just Their really, really impressive. Yeah. What about the Dolphins backfield? This has been one that's kind of been This one was me. So just when you thought you had this one figured out, <laughs> yeah. you do not. As in the two games, weeks nine and 10 for Jeff Wilson uh, and Raheem Mostert, the two games that they played together prior to this past Sunday, Jeff Wilson, 67 snaps. Raheem Mostert, 43. (laughs) Jeff Wilson, 31 touches. Raheem Mostert, 21. Jeff Wilson, 215 yards. Raheem Mostert, 113 yards. And then this past week, how's this? Jeff Wilson played 17 snaps and he had one touch. (laughs) One touch in that revenge game. Hmm. Raheem Mostert, in that same revenge game, had 27 snaps and seven touches. So it's not like Raheem Mostert was great, but what do you take from that game? I think what you take is that we were talking about just a few minutes ago how it's really tough to evaluate some players over the course of the season. Not everybody is, you know, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Sometimes you have to be much more week-to-week focused. So what I have done is I have split the atom. I've got Raheem Mostert (laughs) as RB22, and I have Jeff Wilson as RB23 this week. It's a very good match. I mean, it is an incredible matchup against the Chargers, who are just awful against the run. And there are six teams on a bye, so they may not be quite this high in a normal week. RB22, RB23, your guess is as good mm-hmm. as mine as to how Mike McDaniel utilizes these two players. Tears. Yeah, totally with you, Field, on that one. All right, let's talk about how we use real football to talk about fantasy football. I Liz. love this because I love real football, and that's how I fell in love with fantasy, was yeah. being able to kind of have my own, be a GM of my own. Um, so the Houston Texans officially eliminated from the postseason. Yep. Shocking. I look at their roster. I'm <laughs> shocking. Um, but I look at their roster, and Nico Collins has quietly managed double-digit fantasy points in three of his last four games. He's drawn no fewer than seven targets over his last four efforts. Brandon Cooks, um, turning 30 in September, dealing with a calf injury, has made some publicly disgruntled comments about the situation. Yep. There is an opportunity here for Houston to lean into what silver linings they have and see what they have in this second-year player that many of us thought might boom sooner in the season. But I feel like this could be one of these sneaky flex plays that really helps you down the stretch. I think Davis Mills coming back helps that, too. Yep. 
Davis Mills with Nico Collins uh, out wide. Nico Collins, what, six foot four? He's yeah. a big yeah. guy. He's, he's, on yeah. he's, yeah. he's a good looking player. Just context and circumstances really matter in fantasy mm-hmm. football. But that's a good call by you, Liz. Are there other teams that come to mind who have like real life football implications that He's could influence about, fantasy. Oh, I thought you meant like the Bears being oh, eliminated from the, the playoffs. I see teams. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bears might be one of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the like the Bears to me probably don't strike. No, like, no. They're going to keep doing. They're just in such development mode. They'll mm-hmm. continue to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, how about Liz? I know you want to talk about this too, and you do often um, with our props column. You do props to pop. Yeah. Uh, talking about some of the Vegas odds. Yes. So heading into Week 13, the game with the highest over/under was the Chiefs-Bengals game. It was at 53. This week, the other, uh, the highest projected total is the Lions, the Lions and the Vikings. Yes, game, the Lions take on the Vikings this which week, which is also at 53. So when you looked at what was produced, even though the Bengals and Chiefs game hit the under overall. Both quarterbacks finished in the top five. Three running backs finished top 17. And the wide receivers are a little bit more disappointing, but lots of fantasy relevant points. Now you just sort of take all of that information and look at the pieces, particularly in Detroit, which I think maybe people are a little bit more skittish about Jared Goff. But Jared Goff's a great stream this week. Yes. You know, Um, and the Vikings are giving up the most yards to opposing quarterbacks on the season. So now that all of... Goff's playmakers are healthy. His efficiency is boosted. This is not a bad spot. Again, if we're talking about quarterback and we know that Justin Jefferson's going to eat, I might, the lines haven't come out yet. I might flirt with an Adam Thielen over. We'll see. That will be, I'll tell you what, if you listen to CSS DFS this week, there are going to be a lot of players from Lions Vikings. I know that Mike and Al both talk about in part because of the implied total in this game. You always look at the over under to see how many points it is expected to be scored. And I am totally with you, Liz. It's a great way to be able Would to you maybe flirt with a little DJ Chark in that line. I might value. a little DJ okay. Chark, especially after last week with what he did. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Field, right now I want to flirt with a little bit of insurance. Can yeah, before we do that, Daniel, because we're about to go into a segment, just a quick piece of news update. Okay. Uh, Doug Peterson just announced that Trevor Lawrence will not practice today because of a foot injury and is uncertain to play on Sunday for the Jaguars. Okay. All right. I, as Stefania always, you can return to the game, but you, it's not like it's not going to hurt a few days later. So yep. he is hurting right now. I love when some of my little sayings make their way back. <laughs> uh, ah, more to come, I'm sure, on this one throughout the rest of the week as we get more information. But Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Yep. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, now we are talking playoff studs or duds. Can these players help you win fantasy championships for the ESPN fantasy platform, which is weeks 15 through 18? That is what we are looking at. So I'm going to go around the room. We're going to talk about all these players real quick. Field, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Bam Knight. Bam Knight, who has come on the last couple of weeks in replacement for Michael Carter. Do you think that he is somebody that can help you win a fantasy championship down the playoff run? I don't know. And I'm not trying to start the segment off uh, with an answer, but we have no idea if Michael Carter is going to play this week. And if he does, Stefania, which seems like there's a chance he had a low ankle sprain, so he missed practice all week last week. There seems like at least a chance he'll play this week. Certainly expect him to return at some point this season. And if he returns and he resumes, resumes a normal role, then Bam Knight can't. But we've also seen teams change their minds on running backs, and maybe Bam Knight takes over a larger role. My value on Bam Knight for week 14 specifically, if Michael Carter does not play, is a top 20 running back. If he does play, you would feel you'd have to get lucky if you played Bam Knight, absent Robert Sala coming out and saying, hey, Michael Carter's back, but he is just a backup to us. So I'm going to be a fence sitter because there's just too much we don't know about the health situation of Michael Carter here. The heartbeat of the team. The heartbeat of the team. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what he was called at the start of the season. But uh, you're, you're right, Field. Low ankle sprain. And we don't have any practice information, really, at this point as we're talking about this. So if he's not available and Bam Knight goes out and has an amazing week 14, then maybe the tide does shift in that direction. We don't know how Carter comes back. Um, he certainly gave us a lot to think about sure. from his one outing, but I'm not ready to commit. I would say the spirit of this conversation, can this player win you a championship? the archetype is not Bam Knight because there's a lot we don't know right now. We'll use more known quantities in subsequent players. 
I don't believe Bam Knight fits in that category. So I'll put him in the dud, dud as opposed to stud. But I'm impressed by him in back-to-back weeks. Absolutely. I'm totally with you there on that. Liz, I want to ask you about Mike White, his teammate. Is I, he I someone? Enough, wait, I would like to talk about Oh, Bam. bring it. All right, talk um, about it. I'm actually going to go stud. I will. I mean, I, you are totally right. It is an unknown quantity. Um, uh, but Michael Carter's not healthy. He's already been replaced as the heartbeat of the team once. And... Bam Knight has fresh legs and the mercury is dropping. Give me volume and fresh legs. I'm not terribly concerned. And when we say league winner, do I think he's going to be a top eight producer? Nope. But when I look at how thin the position is, and I think he could probably hit that magic number 18 pretty regularly down the stretch. And we know that he at least is fresh. Okay. RB2 numbers down the stretch. I'll take it. I'll say stud. I'd be surprised if he, if, Let's say Michael Carter returns this week. I'd be surprised if Bam has that role regularly, especially because Ty Johnson's also been playing sure. a good amount. Yeah. yeah, but we'll see. What about Mike White, his teammate? Because he's been looking not bad. Couple of back-to-back 300-yard passing games. Liz stutter dud for the playoffs. Four words. Let's go, Mike White. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is more to the spirit of what yes. we're talking about. Yeah. I think this kind of player. I, I agree. I mean, again, we don't know, right? There's a really tough matchup for Mike White this weekend. So how he fares against Buffalo, particularly yeah. at Orchard Park, will reveal a lot. Yeah. But if we're going based on the data at our avail. And noting how banged up and, frankly, fluky the quarterback position has been, again, I'm leading to stud and optimism. I kind of don't care if he has a bad week against Buffalo. Because I'm looking at it because it's – and and a lot of people do. And Mm. then he's got Detroit. Sorry, Daniel. Jacksonville. I mean, you know, like people put up points against Detroit. He's got the Jaguars, Miami, all bottom seven against opposing quarterbacks. So his schedule does not look bad at all. So I'm totally with everyone here with Mike White being a stud. Stefania, this one seems almost obvious, but Jonathan Taylor, I know there have been some struggles. I drafted him first overall in so many leagues. And I'm not the only one. (laughs) I know. I feel I do it as a woman of the people so I can That's feel everybody's is. pain. That's why. No, look, I, I think what we've seen from Jonathan Taylor, obviously a buy in week 14, yep. which, you know, I'm fine with, frankly, give him some rest and let him let him go for it in the, in the remaining few weeks. But they're using him. They're utilizing him. This was not happening enough. They weren't going to him. They were trying. They're still, you know, passing the ball maybe more than they should with Matt Ryan. But Jonathan Taylor, 20 plus carries in four straight games. He's getting it done. He looks the part. I. If he were on a different offense, he'd be putting up monster fantasy points right now. Yep. But I think he's still consistent enough for you. I'm absolutely, he's a stud for me. Totally. Yeah, I, I think the only question is, and there certainly are people that have Jonathan Taylor that are reaching the playoffs. The question is how many people maybe had their Excellent season point. undone by Jonathan yeah. Taylor because of his first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. are still hanging on by no, no, yeah. no, no, no. People <laughs> like Stefania in the War Room League. I just know that there are a lot of people that are like, well... The problem is it's too little, too late. Oftentimes, if you go look at a player's season and it's chemically imbalanced between the first and second half, the first half surge is more likely to result in championships than the second half surge. What about a player like Mike Evans who just hasn't had a surge this year at all, Field Yates? I mean, it's really, you know, know, like usual fantasy football caveat. It's Mike Evans. Anything can happen. The matchups are a lot tastier in weeks 16, 17, 18. They and he's play. still Mike Evans. He's still Mike Evans. Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. Not that those are necessarily cakewalks, at least Carolina. I think Arizona and Atlanta are favorable matchups. The big question is whether you can get by the next two weeks with Mike Evans. If yep. you have to get into the playoffs, they draw Stefania's 49ers. The following week, they draw the Bengals, who, regardless of whether they're as talented as San Francisco, they are not. They are a very confident defense right now. And we just watched this Bucks offense on Monday night and talked about it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The problem with Mike Evans, they can't kick at the ball down the field because they can't protect Tom Brady. I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better. So um, he's Mike Evans. Anything can happen, but I'm not banking on a major stretch for him in the last five weeks. I would put him in the dud category based on what my expectations of Mike Evans, I think should be. He, I don't think he's going to hit on any That's of it. those for the playoffs. Remove the name, remove the quarterback, low value, low volume, High value. That is what you're getting with Mike Mike Evans. If you didn't know it was Mike Evans and you didn't know you were supposed to be positioning him as a top 12 player every week, you'd be like, okay, well, this is a low-end wide receiver too based on the matchup. Yeah. And that's... And I really love high value, high volume wide yes. receivers like the one that I have in Detroit whose name is Amon Ross St. Can we just save our breath and energy yeah. 
Yeah. This is the easiest one in the I entire know, right? right? Gosh. You just want to brag about it. Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, little go ahead. Brag. He's ba- I mean, he's matchup proof. He is matchup yeah. proof. The way that the amount of volume that he gets, the way that he gets his targets towards the line of scrimmage as well. Jared Goff looks at him as the safety valve in this offense. He gets the, the amount of double digit targets on a consistent basis. I don't see that ending anytime towards the end of the year where this team is not going to quit. This is not going to be one of the teams that shuts it down towards the end of the year. I don't see that. So I'm going to run St. Brown. Easy stud. Let's talk about... He is the sun god. He is. The sun he god. Is. I love him. Everybody loves him. <laughs> you don't. It's a problem. What about Tyler Lockett? I mean, Tyler Lockett has been coming on and has been fantastic yeah. of late. So good. And everybody keeps saying, well, you know, can you continue to score touchdowns at this absurd rate? Maybe. Ma- yeah. Maybe. maybe an answer. With the way that Geno is playing, there's one matchup that really scares you in the next two weeks. That's San Francisco mm-hmm. in week 15. Yep. And then the Jets in week 17, which also a little bit scary. But I think most people that have Tyler Lockett have him as their third wide receiver or a flex option. I'm totally fine with him. KC in week 16, the Rams in week 18. We just saw them carve the Rams up. And if you play all the way into week 18 because you're yeah. in a championship, do it again. that's a problem you'll have. You'll happily deal with come week 18. 100%. He's just so good. He's so good. Geno Smith is playing lights out. His confidence seems to be growing down the stretch. I don't know how you could not be excited about either of the Seahawks wide receivers. One of the great stories of this year Absolutely. in all sports yep. is Geno Smith and Absolutely. his emergence. Couldn't be more impressed by it. Only asterisk to add to the love that Field already piled on top of, deservedly, Tyler Lockett. Uh, we know that San Francisco struggles a little bit versus the slot. If there was a receiver who would spend more of the time in the slot, it would be Lockett. And we know that he is a good enough route runner, route runner that he could certainly win, even if he doesn't have a plethora of opportunities. Sure, sure. Yeah, what it's if- more... It, he could be, he could beat the 49ers yes. coverage. It's can Gino deliver, deliver the ball before the 49ers before Nick Bosa destroyed yeah. him. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right, last one here. Dak Prescott. And this one I This is hard. This it doesn't feel like it should be this difficult in part yeah. because Dak Prescott has been having like back to back to back multi touchdown mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. but he's not having a ton of passing <laughs> yardage and they rely on that running game so stinking much. So 19 rushing at? touchdowns this year, which is second most in the NFL behind only Philly. And, and, and Dak is not a part of that running game at all. Yeah, he, I think he has one rushing touchdown the entire season. So, you know, there are examples of offenses that make us really mad, like Atlanta, because they play offense the way that they do, even though it's to the strength of their roster as presently constructed. Yep. How can you be mad at the Cowboys for doing what they're doing when, as Mike Clay told us, over the past three weeks, they have more offensive touchdowns than the Broncos do for the entire season? Right. They actually look like one of the most balanced teams in the league. No question. And and if you're playing real football, I'm sure that Mike McCarthy does not care about our fantasy teams. Of course not. That's exactly what they want to do. And it it helps Dak stay healthier. Uh, It it offloads. Opens up the passing game when they struggle because the receivers haven't been totally healthy. Now, Michael Gallup getting a little bit healthier. Maybe they're even going to get James Washington back. They got parts they can move around. I don't see them going away from the strategy that they have, and that limits the ceiling for Dak Prescott. It does. I also think it still gives it a fairly decent floor, though, because the team is still scoring a ton of points. Which there was a way to cut this down the middle, a stud dud. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's not a stud. He's not a dud. He's not not Brady or Wilson or guys like that. This is... I guess Brady's been a little bit better of late, but still, like this is not a guy that you feel terrible about starting. You just don't know that he's going to, again, the conceit of this, can these players win you win your you, fantasy championship? Yep. Th- this ain't Justin Fields. This ain't Mike White. We're like, Mike White getting 18 plus fantasy points per game in those matchups doesn't seem totally outlandish to me yeah. against the Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, and Dolphins. It's it going to be tricky though, right? Because you're like, well, if you have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup is now popping off and you know Dak Prescott has not thrown the ball more than 30 times but one time all season, that was the Green Bay game, right? But if you have those sort of weapons, he's always going to be part of that QB 10 to 12 conversation. Mm-hmm. Is a QB 10 in 2022, yeah. a league winner. I don't, it's a great question. And by the way, some of it's just, again, the emotions and like the physical yeah. process of going to your roster. And I did this this past week, and it ended up by the numbers, it ended up being the wrong decision. It didn't change the matchup outcome way or the other, one way or the other. But like, I had an existential crisis when I had Mike White over Tom Brady in my fantasy uh-huh. lineup in a must-win game in fantasy football. I'm like, what has gone wrong with me? Like, who am I? I had to do a physical wellness exam <laughs> at ESPN's <laughs> health center after it. Like, that's weird, right? That's you know what's really interesting is like, look at Josh Allen. We wouldn't think twice about him, right? No. But fantasy production-wise, in the last couple of weeks, it's been down. Yes. Because I have Josh Allen in several leagues. And the things that got me 
to the title of the Scott Fishbowl League. That was Josh Allen. I almost didn't make the playoffs because of Josh Allen, because the productivity dropped. So it's when you say top 10, we th- we are, we're assuming somebody like Josh Allen maintains that status. But if you look at the numbers, he really hasn't. He hasn't been that off. Dak is awfully close to him in the last couple of years. It is There's such like four league-winning quarterbacks this year. Yeah, agreed. And it's Mahomes, it's Hurts, it's Fields if he, if he stays can stay in the field. Yep. And like I think Josh Allen, does he say him? Jo- yeah, yeah, Josh no, Allen. No. And that's like about it. If you get the Josh Allen we saw until the last couple of weeks. Yeah. The thing is, is fantasy is just such an emotional game. Like you, you, you ride this roller coaster where you're like, can I do this? Am yeah. I doing this? And every single one of us, not just you guys out there, but us here as well, make those same decisions where it's like, it's not just, Hey, let me look at my rankings. Well, I've got yeah. Mike White ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah. No, sometimes it still doesn't feel good, but like, that's, that's where we're at this year with fantasy, which is crazy, crazy. All right. Before we move on, tis the season to get together with good friends and great drinks. And that means Miller time. Yeah, it does. Sure, the holidays can be stressful and so can the fantasy playoffs. All the more reason to raise a glass or a can to keeping things uncomplicated. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer. Not only is Miller Lite a great tasting light beer, it's also a great gift for the beer lovers in your life. And for even more gift ideas, perfect for beer lovers, visit the Miller Lite shop site at shop.millerlite.com. Their new holiday collection features everything from cozy beard, cozy beer inspired holiday sweaters to drinkable ornaments for your tree. This holiday, tis the Miller time. So enjoy Miller time with your friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller Time this holiday season. Or pick up some Miller Time pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller Time, celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, we're going to close out the show talking about some bi-week fillers, some running backs on by this week. Just going to rip through them really quickly. Cordero Patterson, David Montgomery, the Packers running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, and the Commanders. Big wide receivers that matter. Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, and Fields' favorite player in the NFL, Terry McLaurin. Love him. All right, let's talk about some guys that maybe you could use at the running back position. And Jarek McKinnon against the Denver Broncos. Listen, Field, we've talked about if you're going to pick a running back, in this Chiefs backfield, it's been back and forth between Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, in part because Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Jarek McKinnon, excuse me, gets so much of the passing game work. Gets the Broncos here this week. How do you feel about him as a bye week fill in this okay. week? Okay, I mean, I have him as RB thirty two, even with six teams on a bye. The problem with Jarek McKinnon is he had his best game of the season last week and got you fourteen fantasy points. So if you're in the market for as low as five and maybe as much as like ten. And you could probably get that from Jarek McKinnon. I don't feel super great about Isaiah Pacheco's. He has seen his rushing workload go up each of the past couple of weeks. He's found the end zone in back-to-back games. I don't know this for a fact, but it seems at least plausible Melvin Gordon could at some point be elevated from the practice squad oh as well. So I have I Jarek McKinnon as RB32. Totally forgot about Melvin Gordon yeah, being there. I, I, I bet they've kind of not forgotten about it too. The thing about Jarek McKinnon, what he's done at Kansas City is he's near the end zone. Like, you're, if we talk about opportunity. Yep. I think for him, the value comes in opportunity to yeah. score. It's not, it's not guaranteed. The, the ceiling is pretty low yeah. on him, but there's an opportunity to be in the end zone. What, well, I think there's definitely an opportunity with our next running back too, and that's Deonta Foreman-Liz because I feel like when I look at him taking on the Seattle Seahawks, it's a little bit easier for me to have more faith in Deonta Foreman than I probably would Jarek McKinnon. Yes, numerous games over 100 yards preceding the bye week. Obviously, the Panthers were on bye in week 14, week 13, and the matchup is pretty good. Seattle really good. allows the second most rushing yards per game over 155 second to only the Houston Texans we talked about. 155 what a rushing yards point per three, game. 0.3, sir. Oh, point 0.3, sorry. <laughs> 155.3 yards per game. All right. So definitely love Deonta Foreman here. I think that's an easy one. Yes, I mean, again, really important, though. Has to score yeah. to be useful. He had 113 rushing yards the last time we saw him. Yep. And he had zero passing game utilization and did not 11.3 fantasy points. Like, it's fine. It's serviceable, no doubt, right? But you're like, if you told me I ran back 24 opportunities and only got 11.3 fantasy points, you'd be like, all right. Like, not great. Not his fault, right? But uh, it should be a good matchup. This seems like a matchup where he certainly could score because the last time we saw the Seahawks, they allowed two rushing touchdowns to Cam Akers, Daniel. Yeah, do I feel like, hey, you know what? Cam Akers finally scored some fantasy points. Maybe I can trust him here this week. 
Not really. Yeah. I want to be honest about that. Like with their quarterback position still being in flux, not really going on, knowing what's going to go on there. And the rest of this offense seemingly in shambles. It feels like what happened with Cam Akers last week was more of an aberration. This was a one week thing than something that I, as a fantasy manager, am going to be feel comfortable trusting. And I think Cam Akers got to stay out of my fantasy lineup my, unless I am desperate. How the tables have turned. I, know, I mean, right? I know. like, where did we start with yeah. Cam Akers and all of us? We started with high. I know. I know. I know. I went, well, I, you raised your hand. I wasn't going to do that to you. Yeah. But I mean, who would who would have known? Who would have foreseen how bad that, that quarreling got between him and Sean McVay? And now he's like the last man standing. Daryl Henderson hasn't been there. You know, everybody's hurt. This the problem I have with this one is you have to commit by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And the most the the part that was so confusing about past this last week, he played forty three snaps and Kyron Williams played seventeen. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. Like it seemed like this was the winds were shifting towards Kyron Williams. So it's not exactly the Lions situation, but. I will apply the same logic that I will go into this week expecting Cam Akers to be the lead back. Nothing would surprise me. But what efficiency night. too? Like yeah. normally on a Thursday, you want a running back because the opposing defense has is theoretically winded. Given the lack of explosiveness that Akers has demonstrated over the course of the season on a short week, RB twenty nine for me, just yeah. for some context. RB two yeah. nine. Yep. Uh, we already talked about Nico Collins, but we can quickly talk about him again just because he's somebody that we do like and would trust this week. I have him ranked on my sheet as wide receiver 833. <laughs> no, I, I, I had him at 812 <laughs> in my initial ranks, so I'm glad no. that you've overcome. On the sheet, it says field 35, list 30, Daniel 833. I think it's supposed to be 33, so that's probably yeah, my fault about that. Yep. Uh, but so. we like Nico Collins this week, and Liz, for all the points that you said with him continuing to come on here Tough towards matchup. the end of the year. Tough matchup, but still somebody that we like towards the end of the season. Yeah, Rondell, low ceiling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Under 50 yards in four straight games. Has to score a touchdown, which he's done in two of his past four efforts, but not a massive ceiling. Uh, Stefania, Rondell Moore. We did not see him last week. Not really sure where we're at on Rondell Moore for yeah, this week. Yeah, it's hard because no they're coming off a bye, and so we haven't had any injury reports for this week, and, and we're not going to tomorrow. Know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they don't play till Monday night. So right. they're coming off of a bye, which gives you less information. They don't play till Monday. And you- they're Arizona, where everybody to Cliff Kingsbury is a game-time decision. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's a game-time decision to play yeah. on Monday night. He's yeah. been retired for a year and a half, but he's but still a game-time still, decision. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to monitor that and see not only Rondell Moore, but it'll be the second game of being able to have Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins with each other to see how those two guys are going to work Rondell, out. And if, if we have Rondell Moore, it's more complicated. And by the way, like this sort of flew under the radar because there was a lot of stuff going on the last time we saw Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Nuke had five targets in that game. Five. Yep. Like We were seeing him push for 12 to 13 in a yep. game prior to Hollywood Brown's return. One game does not make a trend, but let's keep an eye on how that looks on Monday night. Um, it, it was clear that like the best value we're getting out of a Cardinals wide receiver was when just one of them Only was available. Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that works out. That's going to be something to definitely watch. <laughs> what about DJ Chark? Are you guys in on DJ Chark against the Minnesota Vikings this week? After what was a good week, it's really tough for me because I haven't ranked him all season long. Yeah. I still don't have him ranked this week. He's like a DFS play for me. He's not a season long play. I can't trust him in one week after just after just one performance. I did score the week before last where he yeah. managed over 90 yards. And we know that the over under is 53. I will admit a failing for having not ranked him, you know, outside my top 45, but certainly within my top 50. I could see some DFS tournament double stacks. Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ yeah. Chark can save a little bit of money, spend it elsewhere. Maybe a Justin Jefferson comeback on the other side. That's you know? great. That's well done. Yeah. That's probably, maybe that's where. That's where maybe DJ that's Chark where. is at. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I like DFS. That's yeah, where, yeah, that's, yeah that's, what I, that's what I mean. Yep. That's yeah. where he's DFS. at. Yep. DFS. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for us then. I think we got through everybody that we wanted to talk about. Is that true? Yeah, we did. I it was a great job by you and Liz, you and you. Mostly it was a great job by Liz. Wow. <laughs> um, Field, I really I do want to hear quickly. You started off the podcast leading us off with a riveting story about an email that you received. Well, so I received this email today and I told you. Yeah, so here's the deal. So about a year ago today, I ordered my lovely mother two tickets to Hamilton in Boston. As, an, as a Christmas gift. And I kept asking her, are you available on January 20th, Friday night? And she's like, yes, but I'm pretty sure that's a Thursday. And I'm like, yeah. it's a Friday, mom. I'm looking at the order sheet right now. Yeah. Would you like to go to Hamilton? She has never seen it. She would love to go to Hamilton. So I ordered it. And she's like, again, I think Friday, I think it's actually a Thursday. You might want to double check. And I'm like, 
Like, Come on, mom. What's going on here? Uh, so I ordered the tickets. I opened them up, and I realized that I ordered tickets to Hamilton in Boston. All that part was good for 2023. <laughs> so you ordered them in 2021. Was, yeah, to for be 2023. Clear, for 2023. Um, and so it's called the reading the fine print. Yes, yep, which I don't do a very good job apparently. But I did get an email during the show saying your tickets are ready for delivery. Hey! So on the uh, plus side, mom, you're going to have a wonderful time in <laughs> Hamilton this year on June, She's uh, still January available. 20th. She's still available. Okay. And I probably, I probably worked myself out of the conversation for being the second person to go with her. We'll see. Probably my sister, if I had to guess, who's going to actually get the chance to go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for those that say it's never too soon to start planning ahead, that's true, except for when you're trying to buy someone a Christmas gift. Did you have to buy mom a, a, a makeup Christmas gift for last yeah. year? Yeah, last year. Okay. And I can't remember how I filled in the gap, but I did fill in the gap somehow because uh, I felt like a big dummy, which uh, I feel like fairly often. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Look, so it, was a, they, it was the thought that counts, right? It's yes. the thought that was a really nice gift that was, you know. I mean, think about how excited she's going to be. Now. She's had a year <laughs> to think about year. going to the right. late gratification is going to be incalculable yeah. come January 20th. Delayed gratification, just like in fantasy when your teams don't pan out this year, yeah. but you're in the mix for next year. I am just so grateful to have been in the room where it happened. Wow. Wow. There we go. On that note, Liz Logan, you just won an Emmy for that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Liz... Where can people follow you? Let's do all the things because you're here. Okay. Uh, at Liz Loza underscore FF. Okay. We've gotten so bad about this. I know. In, in really previous have. years, like we'd open the show be like, hey, it's Field Stefania and Daniel. He's at Daniel Dopp on Instagram and she's at, you know, Stefania underscore ESP. That is like every show we do it five yeah. times. Yeah. Now we do it like five times the entire season. At Liz Loza underscore FF. You at Stefania underscore ESPN. I don't have an underscore in mine. At Stefania Bell on Instagram. Yeah. yeah at Stefania Bell on Instagram. That's true. I might argue Stefania. Top five Instagram follow from what Ooh. people are saying. Yeah, people that's tell me clearly, that. that is clearly false. Unless you want to see pictures of Rico. Yeah, which Shoot is part Rico. of why you are a top five follow on Instagram. All yeah. right. For Field, Stefania, Liz, and everybody behind the scenes, we want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us today, spending an hour with, with us. It means the world. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that today. We cannot wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Thursday show. Field, Stefania, nope. Mike... I'm no not Stefania here. tomorrow? I'm not here tomorrow. Field, Mike Clay, and I talk in right. Thursday night football, wide receiver, oh, quarterbacks, a little. <laughs> oh, I am here tomorrow. Oh, you know we'll the expression like tomorrow. you can't get fired to your day oh, off. Wow. You can get hired on your day off. Though. I thought I was in for a good night you just tonight. Got hired. Yeah. Guess oh. I'm back tomorrow. Yeah, one o'clock starts early tonight. <laughs> Got to make sure you get enough yeah. sleep. Well, I'm headed home soon. <laughs> She's got a cold. She's your favorite gal. She's the funny Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.